0: It's episode 318 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode, I chat to Jim Baker of Jim Makes Games about their satirical RPG, Guildmaster, gratuitous subtitle. No, no, no. It's not a sub... It's not a placeholder! What are you you saying? No, this is genuine! This is gen. No, I've been... This is not a practice run. I've been doing this for over eight years now. Trust me. No, this is not a play. This is genuine. This is a game called Guildmaster Gratuitous Subtitle. It's real. Made by a man called Jim. Because he makes games. Because he's called Jim who makes games. It's basically what I'm trying to do is reflect the humour found in Guildmaster Gratuitous Subtitle. I mean, look at the name! pokes fun at the genre of RPGs and all the games we've played over the years and just looks makes you look at them objectively and go, really? Is it? Is this how we're going to do with this? Really? And revels in it. The writing's very funny, very pithy. There's a word. Yes, pithy. And I just, it's really well put together and highly, highly recommend it. So without further ado sorry sean let's uh, move on to me from the past chatting to jim about guildmaster could you subtitle chris the non-placeholder chris please take it away
1: jim hello who are you and what do you do i am jim baker uh, also known as jim plays games or jim makes games And I'm the developer of Guildmaster Gratuitous Subtitle, and I also make videos on YouTube and Twitch, gaming videos. You do, but
0: you've made this game. It's not the first game you made, but this it's a it's a game you have made. We're going to talk about it in depth in the second half of the show. But before we do that, and I know I'm chomping at a bit as well because we need to talk. There's things need to be said (laughs) and asked about. It's a good. It's good. It's very good. But Thank uh you. before we do, let's just ask let's get a little bit about your history, Jim, if you don't mind. Okay. How did you make us start making video games? Uh well, like how far do you want me to go back? <laughs> well you can go I mean, I don't limit it. I obviously, you know, I say fetus, okay. it's fine. Right. You know, you, you heard, you know, the loading of a ZX Spectrum game and like uh, I got really <laughs> drawn, heard the
1: high pitch squealing uh, through the womb. Yeah. Never mind. That's 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 pretty close to the truth, actually. I, is, I did yeah. actually get start, started programming on the spectrum. I wow. never did anything serious with it because no. it was, you know, it, I was just messing about when I got this, like when I got the spectrum and I got this like manual that came with it, it was a beautiful manual and it had like description, like you can make this pyramid get drawn on the screen and wow, I can do that. And like, and, and yeah, and it was amazing. But I never really like got into programming seriously. Um, I studied at a university still didn't really get into it seriously. I tried to get into 3 d modeling for a while, um which never really worked out. It just never really grabbed me. Um, for the longest time, I had this problem where i would I'd start a project and never finish it you know I'd get halfway through and I'd lose interest and I'd start another project I kind of flitted from one to another and then in two thousand and twelve, I made my first game fully i made my first complete game it's a very short game uh, with adventure game studio uh, called shitty quest and the reason it's called that is because it wasn't a high effort game it was a game where i was just basically trying out the engine to see how it works and i drew a really rubbish sprite and a really rubbish background and and uh, and it, it weirdly started evolving into a full game and like the theme of the game is conquering the demon of laziness which I sort of was, and it became this kind of self-realization thing that, like, I need to stop stopping these projects halfway through. So I need to sit down and dedicate myself to one thing. And then I did that for a very long time, and I finally finished Guildmaster. So, yeah, that's, that's the brief story, I guess. That's
0: very, okay, let's just break this down a little bit, because you, what you nailed something is something that most people who don't make video games don't really mm. understand is the act of completing a video game, completing, mm. completing the creation of a video game, is is Herculean? Uh, yeah. Because you would like to be in a situation where you build the basic framework, and then you just basically send the code out, and people have to compile it themselves. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you just run the code, and it'll be fine. Why do I need to do a right. menu and an interface? Why do I need to bug fix? Just yeah. just work around the bugs. Why, yeah. did you figure it out? It's not that hard. I can yeah. figure it out. I'm you know I'm a lump <laughs> too What do I know? Do?
1: No, it's yeah. not kind of that way. And, the th- the, um,
0: go
1: on. Finishing fin- finishing the project is the hard th- Like Getting started is easy. Getting a basic prototype going is easy. And everything takes longer than you think. Like, take your estimated time and I add on 50%. And then add on another 50%. I keep doing that forever. And then at some point you're done and, and you wake up one morning and wait, have I finished? Holy shit, I've finished. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the key is
1: I call it the idiot
0: factor. Because right. it's just like, not saying you're an idiot or anyone is. I'm just saying it's the it's human factor. It's right. the, but to call it idiot factor, it piques the interest. Like, wait, are you call- no, I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> you can estimate that's going to take a day In reality yeah. it's going to take four. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, you'd like to think it's going to take twenty minutes, but in reality, it's going to take four hours, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I it, it comes trying with experience. To
1: try to a green thing. I know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> It comes with experience though, because I think I'm better at estimating time now than I was like, and, and, you know, the, the thing I learned most from this game is how to make a game and how not to make a game. Like, I don't really want to show anyone this code cause it's kind of a mess, but like, I look back at the old parts of the code that I did like a few years ago and I'm like, why did I do it this way? But it's like, it's, it'll take longer to fix it than it will to work with the broken code. So I just make it work. You
0: know. Yeah, I mean, there's a very uh, fez, okay, a game made by right. a certain individual, Yeah, you know, who, who had, uh, you know, issues. Uh, but <laughs> he did say that he did all the pixel art himself. Mm. Uh, and the thing is, he was learning the act of the art of pixel art. Mm. And it's, it's easier said than done. And uh, as we all know, fez is a... A rightly celebrated game It's still one of my favorite mm. platformers of all time you know i
1: still haven't played it it's mm. it's just it's a good one. one of those that's it's, yeah. it's
0: it, it matters it ask questions they're, the, they're okay. the kind of games i like the ones that uh, challenge what you perceive to be correct or as mm. as the universe is like actually no it's not
1: like that it's right i did i didn't know that i thought it was just a fun platform game but <laughs> no it's yeah, interesting
0: No. Okay. it yeah it it Talks about fourth dimensions and reality itself and its nature, so yeah, it's bonkers. Well, now Uh, I'm interested. (laughs) Basically, you can 200% the game, think on that for the moment. Is
1: that just playing it twice?
0: No, (laughs) you need a notepad next to you when playing it. There's just anyway, point is, wow, he did the he did the he did all the pixel art, Hmm. uh, but unfortunately. By the time he got to the end, he got so proficient at doing the pixel art, he then had to go back mm. to his earlier bits because they weren't as good as
1: the later art. But you can on get on into an infinite loop there. Indeed. Because you will end up, after having redone it, you're like, well, now I can redo it better. And now yes. I can redo it better. And <laughs> yeah. so, art is never finished, only abandoned. You know? Only
0: abandoned, indeed. indeed. And indeed, yeah. when it goes out, it ceases to be yours. So that can mm. be a that can be a troublesome thing too, but uh, and also, what tools did you use to make Guildmaster Gratuit subtitle?
1: So I used Unity right. and uh, for for you know as the engine uh, uh, and uh, a sprite and Paint .net for the graphics. Um, oh, I also used a nice little tool called Sprite Lamp for the for the lighting yes, to make I the did the, like the sort that. of That's yeah,
0: very nice.
1: It was it was it was it's a lot of tedious work to make that work, but basically you're making normal maps for the 2D textures, so you have some nice, you know, depth to the lighting. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about games like Guildmaster Mars: to subtitle is that it looks like a simple 16-bit game, but in reality, mm. no 16-bit computer could even attempt to do. You're doing right because it would just collapse in on itself. Because <laughs> yeah, the lighting and all the other number crunching going on in the background, it mm. couldn't, it wouldn't be able to do it. So, my next question to you then is this: as a creator of things, and Jim, you are whether you like it or not. What <laughs> you believe you are influenced by most? What's the thing that you gravitate towards more than anything that then spurs you on to creative endeavors? Hmm.
1: This is the kind of question I'm going to overthink. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, do you mean specifically what, in terms of making Guildmaster, or just in general?
0: Both, but ultimately, okay. just in general. What, what, right.
1: what spurs you on? What's the thing? What is it? Or things? Well, the thing I I like when when a game creates a world, I think is the thing that's most enticing. And though I haven't, like, my ambitions way outstrip my. Uh, what i've done so far um i have i have ideas and i'm always having to write rein rein them back in because i want to make something so much more than i'm capable of or have the time for or can do in a reasonable amount of time but uh, yeah i'm getting off the point (laughs) um influences i guess like in terms of a game like guildmaster i was influenced by games that have um tactical choices that matter like there's so many games that I've played where it's like it's a strategy game or a tactical game and my choices I don't see what how I could lose or how I could win any any differently than what happened I like it when a game feels like it's got a lot of dimensions to it there's a lot of choices to make and the choices matter so games like darkest dungeon or into the breach those are tactical games that really um feel real because well not real but they feel alive because there's a system there that you can understand and that you can play with and when something goes wrong you don't feel like the game was just unfair and you just rolled a dice roll and it went badly you feel like you understand why it went wrong and you learn from it and it really engages you and- gets you into the into the world that's being created. And it's not just in tactical games, but in open world games like, I don't know, Minecraft or something, where you're just... You get lost in the world, you know? And there's, the thing I really like about making games is that you can create a world. Like, there's, every other creative endeavour you can do, as great as they are, like, you make music and you've created a piece of music and then someone just listens to it. You write a book, someone reads it. You make a movie someone watches it but only with a game can you create something alive that someone interacts with and becomes a part of and that's the part that I think really made me want to do that I, I want to make worlds
0: and I thank you for that as a <laughs> consumer of this right. medium one of the biggest things I love is exploring worlds others have made mm. I am a massive explorer. I know that I hate mm. that trope, like oh, he's a because t- I love FIFA as well. Seriously, I you know, it's like it's a good, you know, I actually enjoy a good sports game like an adversary like Pyre, That's my perfect match up of a tactical sports game mixed with an extraordinary adventure game. Which even hinting at what happens to it is a spoiler, but mm. you know that's super giant. What are you going to do? You know, um, and uh, that's and uh, that's a wonderful thing to say that you're inspired by the creation of a universe of a world mm. for people to revel in and delve in. Now I'm you know I'm, I'm slightly older so for me the I I lean on games like Final Fantasy Tactics or or Shining Force the those Shining Force games they, mm. the the kind of words you're describing are very similar to what they did, you know, you're right. You're, basically your actions have consequences. Right. Serious consequences. And that's something that those games you had to understand how each character interacted with each other and how their they are greater than the sum of their parts. Just phenomenally so. And once you figured out what those how they work together, you were very, very powerful in amongst them. But it's just figuring it out and understanding that maybe maybe the, the, the archer shouldn't be up. Up close and right, <laughs> you know, simple yeah, stuff. Yeah, don't like put this. your glass cannon up front, yeah, yeah and don't, don't, don't put your you know artillery right up and because you know the, the wizard, mm. you know, and it's all of this stuff. And you're right, the, the, we could go on about SCOM, XCOM, and stuff. That's the obvious one that you make, yeah, X-com into, definitely is, you know, but it does have content when you can, you can Iron Man mode. I wish they stopped calling that, but they know, yeah. you know, the permanent death thing.
1: Where you know once he's dead, they're dead. That's it. You know, like, okay. Um, yeah, the Iron Man mode stresses me out. Like yeah. I, some games only have an Iron Man mode, kind of like like Darkest Dungeon. Like there's well, no yeah. going back. You yeah. you lose a character, they're just it's gone you mm-hmm. know, forever.
0: Yeah, and it's it's but that game, which by the way, there's a Kickstarter for the board game version, which I did back because you know. Oh, yeah. Darkest Dungeon we've had them on the show many years ago um, I oh met nice them. I met them at PAX East lovely people that's cool uh, and uh, yeah I, I, that's a game that delves into the mental anguish that you put adventurers through yeah <laughs> yeah I'm you not go insane along because, with your characters
1: yeah, yeah I'm not
0: healing why because I'm suffering from stress
1: disorder oh okay yeah.
0: Right. This is weird.
1: Yeah. When your character, you know, like, heal yourself. No, I don't want to. I'm too upset. I'm too like, upset. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> Would you want a hug? <laughs> not really. Okay. It's too real, man. It's too, too real. real. It's too real.
0: <laughs> but no, I think the one thing, those two things that you're influenced by, whether you like it or not, we've teased it out of you, is the first thing is the mere act of creating a world, which I can only applaud mm. you for. As, as a, you know, you may think this is me uh, a bit insulting, but I don't think it is. I'm a done. A- I run a lot of D and D and role playing games and stuff, and there's some commonality there because one has to create worlds for others to play, and there's some yeah. game design skill required to, you know, you have to empathize with players. You know, is this fair? You're sending twenty goblins out? No, no, it's not. <laughs> is that is that entertaining? Not really, no. And you just build it out, and you know, uh, so I can relate to that, and also the the concept of making sure that your con- the actions have consequences and they the consequences to the world you're in um, yeah you know I couple of years it, no last year was it yeah it was last year uh, or was the year before last I can't remember it doesn't matter it's fun it's a, the Dungeon Quest Eleven I played that on a PS Four and you know towards the end I, I foolishly min maxed everything because it was so easy to do. It was so easy to I right. mean I don't normally play like that, but I found myself doing it. And then towards the end, I there was no challenge there, Jim. There's nothing. I mean the, the final right. boss, I actually got up to make a cup of tea to wait for it to stop fighting. I wasn't even doing
1: anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like right. it looked beautiful. I guess in a game like that yeah. the challenge I guess in a game like that the challenge is the min maxing though. And then, like once you've min-maxed it, you're kind of done, and the rest is just a formality. Yeah, you're just going through the story. But honestly, you know, right. the
0: final, the, the final boss—it was spectacular. Don't get me wrong, visually it was amazing, but I was just like, mm. "Are you done yet?" <laughs> oh, it's but doesn't getting. that take you out Damn. of the game? Doesn't that make yeah. you feel like you're not part of it anymore? Yeah, absolutely. That's the problem. That was a problem. You know, yeah. and, uh, I just figured out the crafting really quickly. I don't know why. It just—I just like, mm. really glommed onto it really quickly, and then when I got onto that, I suddenly had these massively overpowered weapons, which I ought not to have had. You get my meaning? And it's like, mm. this character really shouldn't be wielding this, should they? Because it was just one-shotting everything, like, uh-oh. Great. Right. <laughs> uh, you broke it was, the game. I broke the game, <laughs> and beautiful game, though. I highly recommend it, but you know, again, it does go on a bit, but it's fine. It's a lovely JRPG, mm. which are some of the good, some of the terrible, but you know. There it is. So, next question. It's also a toughie, but you've listened to shows mm. before. We had a virtual green yeah. room and everyone, and Jim confessed that he listened to a few episodes, so he knows what's coming up. <laughs> at least I hope so, because he remembers. What developer do you most admire in the industry, and why?
1: Yeah, this is this is definitely the kind of question that puts my brain into an infinite loop. This is uh, Because I have such a hard time deciding... When anyone, anyone asks me, like, what's your favourite X? I'm like, okay... I and then I guess st- get stuck. So I'm gonna have to give you multiple answers if that's all right. Um, um, I don't.
0: I mean, I've, because I've, when I com- when I develop this, yeah, it you could have multiple yeah. answers. Go
1: for it, my friend. Okay. 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 So, uh, but in general, I think I admire any developer. Like I think the ones I look at the most are small teams or solo devs. Um, like like subset games the makers of ftl and into the breach like particularly because they have uh like have they have a really solid vision of what they want to make and they make something that they want to play and people because people aren't that different i guess people just pick up on that you know so many games seem like they're made by committee you know and they just feel soulless and empty whereas I think when you have a couple people, or one person, or a small team making a game, you get something more. I don't want to say pure, but something more, more directed, more. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Um, another another developer that comes to mind is uh, Tom Francis, who made Gunpoint. It, you know, it's it's a short game, but it's really clever and really unique. I don't, have you played Gunpoint?
0: Yeah, and uh, didn't he do a yeah. follow up? Looked it's um, what's it yeah.
1: Called? I I didn't actually play the, the 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 second game he made, but
0: yeah, it's uh,
1: oh. God. Like top, Gunpoint Sorry. was a great example of a of a like of of a world being created because not a world so much more like a a small world. But every yeah. screen, it was like there was so much going on, and there were these emergent mechanics and, and things that could happen, and you felt like you could really make chaos occur <laughs> you know but controlled chaos yeah and it's um, your fault as well yeah yeah exactly um like and i, I could i could just list off every solo of developer i could think of but like and if we go back a bit like david braben right david braben who made frontier elite 2 and elite and elite 3 and then the dangerous but yeah like frontier was one of the games i played more than any other in My teenage years because it was that was a that wasn't just a world, that was a galaxy, mm. right? Accurately and he put it on a single, single floppy well. disk, yeah, on yeah. one floppy disk, yeah, and... with Newtonian physics, yeah, and which, which it was people like
0: nuts. But if you once you understood yeah. it, you go, oh, I can just I'm running out of fuel, yeah,
1: <laughs> so yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the game was harsh, but it, it was harsh, yeah, like, and and like, th- there are some developers who. Just like the stuff they do just blows my mind. Like, he made that game in assembly code, and I'm like, I, I look at assembly code and I'm just like, what? Yeah. How does what? <laughs> like, I mean,
0: yeah. Like, I make I mean, stuff with. Yeah, he, he created an entire universe out of 22 kilobytes yeah. of RAM.
1: 22 kilobytes. Yeah.
0: That's all he it's had. It's mad. That's like, yeah.
1: that's, that's, that's. And that's... it doesn't even. It loads from the di- floppy disk, and that's it. And it's loaded into RAM, and it's just there. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And like, how did you? It's, it's witchcraft. I don't understand it. But no, it's, yeah, but that's it's the kind of. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I I, I can't even aspire to. Um, but yeah, really, I I think anyone who has a vision and pursues it and makes it work, you know, I think that's 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 a developer I admire. It's it just it doesn't seem right to to single out any particular one because they're all amazing you know Mm. like uh lucas pope papers please you know um toby fox undertale you know i could just i could i could probably go on but
0: i know i know that uh and i've had a lot of developers on like yourself one or two people in the team and uh it doesn't and then again from from that to thousands but it doesn't matter you know in that regards is that Game, it's a game. I'm making
1: games, whether it's thousands or three of you or one of you, mm. it's yeah. But, I, but don't game. you find that with when you have a game that has a thousand people making it, mm. it kind of it does. It feels more. I don't know what the word is. Just it doesn't have the same uniqueness, you know. Because because I suppose I suppose because it's a business, you know. Ultimately, big games have to be predictable. You Know the predict- predictably marketable, like you have to make something that you know the this investors is, know is going to make money.
0: This is very interesting, it's something we touched upon, and I've touched on before when I had large, largely developed games made by a large team of developers. And what we found is that they can still find the risks, my friend, because right? If they okay, don't if they don't at all. They stagnate, right. and that's something that the, the right. investors are terrified of. So yes, mm. I know what you're about to say that they're they're risk averse. Yes, they are because there's a lot of money riding on this. However, if they don't risk anything at all, then right. that's actually far worse for them, and it becomes that makes and, sense. Yeah, and they actually have they have to push the boundaries, and it's 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 really important. And it, what you can do, what I find when I'm playing those epic games, I call them epics because you know they are. Yeah. Um, you you really revel in the the risk aspects, the bits where they go, they push the boundaries mm. of where they haven't been before. You know yeah. where I mean, I'm playing through Demon Souls, the the new one on the right. S five, and that's they've gone to places they maybe shouldn't have done, or t- pushed mm. it and went to. Because right, I still have the PlayStation three, a PlayStation three that still works, and 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 a PS, the original PS three version, and the, I'm comparing the two, and it's it's leaps and bounds more entertaining. For a variety mm. of reasons, that I don't bore you with, but and that's because they made risk because they know that oh, yes, it's a launch title. It's going to be a very high profile launch title, rightly so. Uh, so it's going to sell anyway. But even still, they're going to push. They because they, they have to. They have to take these risks. But I do take your point that yes, it, yeah. it can be homogenized and, and dull. But if they don't push the boundaries, then it becomes um, moribund. Yeah, and, I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. I I like I love Skyrim. Right, mm-hmm. and that's you know, and and Fallout Four, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's but yeah, I think I think it's I guess it's easier for small developers to yeah. to innovate because there's not as much invested, you know. No. But yeah, I, I, it's it's an interesting point. I, I I should think about that. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, <laughs> you know, they are still making games. It's just yeah, the major differences. Yeah, difference I don't, I don't mean to be uh, infinite. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a it's an extraordinary thing where the platforms are so powerful now. Mm. So powerful that, it, you know, one of the things I love to talk about on this show is you know, the concept of memory leaks. Now, historically, memory leaks right. would be detected very, very quickly because the memory would fill up because the machines they're running on don't have a lot. But now yeah. they spend, you know, you could be playing a game four or five hours and all of a sudden, why is it slowing down? Right. <laughs> What's the oh <laughs> yeah you, know, you check your performance and oh you filled my memory with junk yeah yeah because you yeah just, you've been pumping out data that's not needed and off it went uh and you didn't yeah, seal it up.
1: with a game that as complex as a triple a game like mm. p- people people give triple a developers a lot of um criticism for you know, bugs that, that pop up and and, uh, and stuff. But like games like that, they're so complicated and there's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. You know, debugging a, a small indie game is a lot is exponentially simpler than mm. than something like like an Assassin's Creed or Elder Scrolls game or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of other games, hmm. what are you playing right now?
1: Uh, I've been playing Subnautica quite a bit. Oh, tell which... me about this. Sell it to me, sir. Okay. Go on. Oh, uh, have, you, have you played it? You haven't no, played I, it. That's why I'm asking I you to sell it to me. Right, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So it's, it's a, you, you, you crash land on a an ocean planet. Right. Um, in your little uh, life pod. And you have this sort of, sort of pseudo Star Trek level of technology. So you're pretty well-equipped to survive, but it's just you, and you get some radio messages coming in, and there's fish everywhere, and a lot of them want to eat you. <laughs> and and it's, it's a survival crafting game, and you have to sort of swim out, and you use these sort of high-tech tools to build habitats and new tools, and you find resources. And basically, the, the, the aim of the game is to get off the planet. And the interesting thing about it is the – I don't want to spoil too much because there's a lot of surprises – um but the interesting thing about it is a lot of survival crafting games seem to be sort of endless you just kind of you you know you 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 work up the progression tree you build bigger bases you get higher level items and you just kind of at some point you just fade away from the game and you're done with it but in subnautica you have a real goal you've got to get off this planet right you've got to get back to civilization and it's just a beautiful game like as well the 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 aesthetics of it just the it's it's gorgeous it's, it's alien fish and creatures and plant life and it's just just look at a screenshot and you'll be like wow you know it's amazing and i i i've i've been playing it on stream and i just i look forward to it every week that i'm going to play it because i'm like yes let's let's get this let's get exploring let's find more of this of this world to mm. to to discover you know
0: you're like me, I then, th- like you know, finding new worlds and stuff and discovering. And you yeah. definitely sold it to me. At the moment, I'm mm. uh, I'm streaming weekly a game called Hellpoint, which is um, oh nice, which is uh, basically a Souls-like but sci-fi universe. And uh, oh. basically things have gone horribly, horribly wrong on this space station. I oh, mean, dear. people have made decisions, bad ones. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and uh, this, you're now living the consequences of those <laughs> decisions. Typical, and it's good. It's good. It's very dark. Yeah, Th- things happened this week. I, I, stuff, mm. uh, and I've uh, been playing it. We've uh, been doing a weekly stream now for 14 episodes. We're up to now, but uh, All right, yeah. Just one of the because I will do I another stream on Sunday night, so uh, which is basically a variety stream. I just click a random game, mm. a random platform, and just play it for an hour or so. And then mm. I did this Hellpoint game, and it went. One of the listeners, what viewers, went. Um, did could you just like finish this rather than just do this one off? Because I think <laughs> this looks interesting. I went. Yeah, you're right. So I'd started doing it, and it's been really successful. So uh, yes. Um, and you you tell sound me like about, about the next game you're about to. You another game you're playing? It's as well as Subnautica. Uh,
1: yeah, I've just been playing a lot of Into the Breach. Okay. Uh, do you know Into the Breach? Oh very much
0: so. I know FTL. Yeah. Um yeah. yet to actually start playing into the breach because distracted by many many things. What a time right. to be alive, Jim. Jeez. Yeah. Too many games. <laughs> Too many yeah. games.
1: Great to great time to be making games, yeah, yes. it's <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, it's yeah. just so many, so many. Gone. Yeah. Um it's yeah, like I I play it, it's it's interesting in that you can actually finish the game quite quickly. Um mm-hmm. like I finished the game You know, in like the first few hours of playing it, but then the replay value. You know, and it's the same campaign every time, but the the strategy in and the tactics in Into the Breach it's it's so precise and so well designed. It's almost like every level is a randomly generated puzzle game Um, because there's no randomness in the combat. So there's no dice rolls. It's like it's like a chess game, but. But I don't like chess. So, no. you know, yeah, but it's, but it's, and it, it really engages the brain. Like, I, I, I can't play it for too long because I get tired <laughs> mentally because it's so, you know, and I, I start making mistakes. And that's one of those games where there's almost always a solution and it can be really complex to figure out. But when you do, it's really rewarding. Um, and I've been going through that trying to unlock all the different squads and all the achievements. And so I unlocked all the squads, and then it's like, oh, get 25 more achievements, and you can unlock the secret squad. And I'm like, well, damn it, now I have to do that. So I'll be doing that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... It's, it's got me. It's got me in its hooks. Nice. I, can't, I can't get away. I love those Those, those kind of games that yeah, that, that just... You know, they, they, they're so compelling and addictive that they start to cause problems in your life. Like, should I do some work or should I play more Into the Breach? Those are the best. But yeah, they're the great ones. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> another game that a certain company
0: in North America built with MMO might have the word world in it ah. and craft. But yes, be a small word in between those as well. and um, might be war. But yeah. You can't take a drink, listener, because I didn't say the full title. Put it down. Put the drink down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I can completely relate to that. When you get when you when a game gets into it's like, you know, I um, quite frankly at the moment uh, uh, there is a couple that are like that that are distracting me from things I ought to be doing. But in my mm. defence, there's two new consoles out there. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of the first half. Well done, Jim. Thank stuff you. let's move on to the second half where we delve deep into Guildmaster gratuitous subtitle So, before we uh, can talk about Guildmaster Kajira to Subtitle, we need to know what it is. So, Jim, in your own words, what is Guildmaster Kajira to
1: Subtitle? Okay, so it's a turn-based tactical RPG um, where you play as the Guildmaster of a new guild and you're hiring heroes to go on quests and defeat enemies. And... It's like it's like I alluded to before, it's it's a game where the, the, the goal I wanted with the game is to make a game where you, where it really mattered what you cho- you know, what your choices were. It matters what equipment you take and it matters what attacks you do and who you take on the quest. So the guild will grow as the game goes on. You'll hire more heroes and sorry, my brains <laughs>
0: <pausing>. <laughs> I thought I lost you then. But yeah, yeah, no, it's, no.
1: It's, it's uh yeah. Sorry, my brain sometimes stops like that.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I can understand it because there's so much rattling when uh, you're rattling yeah, about the game yeah. and it's hard. I had a memory leak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there <laughs> it is.
1: There it is. A human yeah. memory leak. It does happen, so,
0: everyone. You just witnessed it. There you go.
1: Yeah. So, but one thing I wanted to do with the game is separate inventory management from, um, from the combat. Like, I don't like messing with inventory in the middle of a fight. So, you equip all your heroes, you take them off, and then you're just doing the combat. Right um and then when you come back to the guild you as the guild master can wander about and talk to the the guild members about their previous quest and that's where the humor really comes out and it just starts to be that's uh, so the game has this kind of dual nature so on the one hand it's a, a serious strategy tactical game where you know you have to think clearly and you have to you know pay attention and beat the enemies and then at the other side of it it's just this kind of zany Madcap. It's not madcap. That's the wrong word. It's, I don't know how to precisely describe it. It's it's, irreverent. It's, it's, it's it's Python esque. It's, it's satirical. Satirical. Yeah. Very satirical. It is. But it's not, but it's not like serious satire. It's like, it's not trying to say anything deep or interesting. It's just, well, maybe interesting, but it's just kind of it makes fun of the genre a bit because yeah. so many so many fantasy games they all have the same story it's like the, this ultimate evil we've got to destroy it it's like okay that's not interesting we've seen it you know but there's, there's only six stories did you know that? right you, 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 yeah of course you know it. sorry sorry jim so but you know,
0: fantasy always don't. does the same one yeah so. i know i know but i'm lovely to hear that you went yeah i know chris yeah i know it's only six stories. Um you well, <laughs> yeah, I've heard people that. don't know this like yeah. Is they like... Yeah. I, I've only read five of them. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I've only read five of them. <laughs> um, But no, the reason I say it's satire is because it's satirical on the, the genre, not on our yeah. political... The issues and stuff like that. Right. Now, the, people think satire is always about politics. No, it's not. It's actually about, mm. it could be about anything. It can be satirical about a microphone if you wanted to. Um, it would be very tedious, but you could. <laughs> it's about, you know, a thing or a, a trope. A sort, you know, that word that came into being about 10 years ago. I, don't know, I hadn't heard it until someone said it in a interview magazine or something and said, oh, that's a word, yeah. apparently. And now, and so you're basically poking fun not only at tropes, mm. but the of concept of tropes and and uh, there, there's some right. very bizarre conversations that happen in the guild yes, yeah. which we'll we'll come on to later, but before we do and uh, I think uh, you, uh, well done, you did sort of summarize pretty much what Guildmaster Gutu's subtitle is, and really the core experience these indeed, indeed you spend most of your time. With in uh Guildmaster Couture to subtitle is completing combat engagements in a very tactical manner in a square mm. grid, not a hex grid. Don't get excited, and uh, and hexes are complicated, you could right? have done, yeah. but yes, yeah, just yeah, Ooh, I mean, hexes you want, are intimidating, Ooh. indeed. Yeah, if, yeah. You want, you know, if you want that, there's loads of war games out there for that. Knock yourself out, right? Why. Why did you do that? Why? why? why did, yeah, why did you focus just? I say just. That's not true. But why is the game so anchored around the the the, the engagement of combat and that relationship with all the, the I mean I know why, but I want you to put it in your own words right. you explain why have we gone that way? What what well, you could have gone all sorts of ways with with this?
1: Yeah. Well, like I I think I was trying to distill it down to the parts that I enjoy most about those kind of games. So or at least i wanted to make it just about one aspect not yeah one yeah one main aspect is the the tactical combat so you don't do much exploring so you don't actually walk to your destination the guild master just waves their hands in the air and teleports you right into the middle of things so there's no like random encounters it's just you're in the battle right away and you go and yeah the reason i did that is because that's the part that interests me like I don't I don't like wandering around back and forth being lost in a dungeon, not sure where to go, looking for this lever or this key, you know. And also sort I think looting monsters can get you kind of bogged down. You know, like, oh, I've just done a an interesting combat encounter and now I've got a oh, I've got to sort this out. I've got to put this in this inventory slot and move this around and put this here, and then you kind of lose the momentum. So yeah, I wanted it to be a bit like that. And I originally I had my original idea for the game was more like a fantasy XCOM, just like straight fantasy XCOM, where you'd have, um, you know, you'd send out your parties and they'd walk to their destination in, in in some kind of timed way, and you'd have management aspects to the game. But I ultimately found that that wasn't what was making it interesting, so I just decided to cut all that and make it just about the combat. And then when you come back to the guild, you have the kind of humor of the guild masters interactions as like a kind of, uh, you know, like a, like a reward or a break from the, from the combat. So it's, it's like, you know, you, you beat the encounter, now you get to read some funny, strange dialogue.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the tra- transport crystal is really cool as well. And it's a sort of very Diablo like, and like, Oh, there you go. I'll transport mm-hmm. you there. And then once you're done, we'll flash you back. Don't worry. It'll be right. fine. Uh, and, yeah. uh, but I did, um, I just think it's so pure. Let's just stop the faff because if you want faff, there's loads of games with lots of faff in them, that you know, between Mm. this experience and that's you know, you can play the Baldur's Gate update or Earthwind Dale or something like that, it's Mm. filled with it! You know, that's fine and indeed there's random encounters uh, you know, but that's a different experience isn't
1: it? Yes, I mean Baldur's Gate is great, like walking through the forest and you know, you just, it's it's like a a serene experience and oh there's wolves, oh there's gibberlings you yeah. know. But that's yeah. a very different kind of uh, atmosphere, I guess. So yeah. that's not yeah. what I was going for. But yeah. And also, you know, you don't want to put a space
0: hamster in every game, do you? I mean, it's just, just the one. It's
1: fine. Well, you know it's, know, it's... It's tempting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, Boo will miss you.
0: He does, and he likes the forest, so... Yeah. Anyway. Next question. And I want to ask about the Guildmaster in Guildmaster. Could you to subtitle? He's got powers! or he or she. Apologies. Mm -hmm. They, better still, they have Mm -hmm. powers. Yeah. Where do these come from? Right, yeah. Sorry? Where do they come from? Why are they there? Why does the Guildmaster have these powers that can influence the... uh, You know, it's a very unusual thing to do, to to grant the player, which I believe is the avatar of the Guildmaster, the ability Mm -hmm. to do other things other than simply order people about. They can actually... Manipulate them? Well, how did well, right. or, you know, heal them or give them more energy or, or or actually kill creatures on the map? How did this come about? Well,
1: it kind of it originally came about from uh-huh. uh, just game design. I just wanted a little extra thing. So you have your you have your heroes. You have they have their turn. They each take an action, and then the enemies have their turn, but. I felt like that needed a little something extra to to give it some edge. So every three turns, the guildmaster can cast a spell through the teleport crystal directly at the combat. So uh, at the the battle, so they can either heal or restore some energy or or do some damage to an enemy. And it just adds a little bit of extra tactical spice to the to the uh, to, to to the meal of the game, I guess. Mm. It and
0: just, it's really nice to be there, though. I love it. It's really comforting because mm. it can get you yeah. out of a bit of a hole,
1: <laughs> can't it? Yeah, I mean, it. I think it, it's also there for the story element as well. I, I say story. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a. You know, it's not. It's not a grand fantasy epic. It's. It's a rather silly story, but um, <laughs> yeah the the Go monster is there for the humor. You know, to be the kind of. Because I actually, I a lot of the um, the humor has actually come from my collaborating with a friend of mine who uh, goes by Pack Billy on the internet, and he he wrote most of the uh, the dialogue. We kind of went back and forth and discussed a lot of it, but he he is he is the comic genius behind this game, <laughs> um, and he 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 did, he realized that in every sort of sketch, you need the straight man and the. Uh, and the silly man and so because the guild master is always the other one in the encounter it's the guild master and someone else in every conversation yeah so rather than everyone else being silly the guild master is a silly one yeah and it's kind of an inversion of your expectations like you expect the master of a guild to be someone who's like really serious and dedicated and 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 and, and you know and a very serious person and they're just kind of like barely engaged with the situation. So it's that juxtaposition you know of of oh, how is this and it's a good question where did they come from how are they in charge of this guild how did they acquire these skills and why does anyone listen to them they yeah. you know and and honestly i don't know it's no. a mystery and also, it, it's not unlike. It's a little
0: bit like, and you may disagree, but it's a little bit like The Office, and you're playing David Brent. And right? Just, yes. It's very similar to that. He is. is he, right. you know, if you choose a male version, it could be female. I, I did generally go. Does he look? Yeah, and you make sure he got a beard, and you know, <laughs> it does he doesn't dance? Then again, neither does David Brent, really. But um, he, he definitely. I mean, there's some very, very interesting conversations. Especially, mm. I think there was one where we had a conversation with one the mage. It's very early on, by the way. It's not really a spoiler, and uh, it goes on about his vocabulary or lack of it, and it just really goes. He right. goes to very strange places, and yeah. uh, <laughs> but it very I mean, feels I, very office-like, which is great. Yeah, by the way,
1: it's great. It 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 is. is a very strange kind of humor. So I, I it won't be to everyone's taste because if if you're looking for a very serious. Game that yeah. like deals with like very serious matters, then it's it's not for you. But if you like, if you like humor of a particular variety, like it, I think it's a, i think it's kind of python-esque a bit like Hitchhiker's Guide, maybe a bit Monkey Island, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's you know? not as aggressive as Hitchhikers. Hitchhikers
0: is very no, it's very um, yeah, it's it's very um, coarse, not coarse. Yeah, think, but it's sort of um. Yeah, it it is quite dark. And it,
1: it goes to it, yeah, it, it's, it's very it's, critical it's, of human nature. Yeah. Um, because Douglas Yeah, I mean Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy begins with the death of all of humanity except mm-hmm. one guy. So yeah, it's really it, it's funny how dark it is considering yeah. how fun and silly it is as well.
0: Well I mean people often compare Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams, both are sad both yeah. are sad you know not with us. Terry Pratchett's mm-hmm. much more of a humanist. He actually had right. faith in humanity yes. regardless of what it was trying to do to yeah. itself. And that's yeah. where he went. He's much more of a warm person, a warm way of looking yeah. at things. Whereas Douglas Adams was very, very dark, and he, mm. he was, you know, he's very, very coarse. Um, yeah. But for you, I or for, for 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 Guildmaster Couture to subtitle, which you know, the title itself should tell you something about where right. where it's coming from. Um, you know, it's 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 prodding, <laughs> it's prodding at yes. the
1: trope tropes. Yeah. You know, I mean, from look at just it. reading the title, you know, this is not. Yeah, you know, there's something a bit silly going anyway, on. Is this is, yeah. is this a
0: placeholder. No, no, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 fine once you once you embrace it. Once you embrace the chaos, mm. it's fine. But um, absolutely. Next question, and this is about the combat, and there's a very mm. strict action economy. Now, this is a concept. May some listeners may not be aware of, so forgive me. I'm going to have to explain what I mean by that. Action economy is uh, exists in role-playing games, especially um, turn-based combat games, which of which Guildmaster Gratuitous Subtitle definitely is. And um, there's a concept of actions where you can actually do things, and these do things can be can vary in type. And the classical model, there you go, is you can move, and you can attack. And then people do bouncy round things around that concept where you have something called bonus actions and reactions mm. and all these things. And these, all role-playing games, say, so that's not true. That is not true. A lot of role-playing games have this. I was about to say, oh, no, they don't. Fate doesn't, for example. You know, they don't have that. Um, but vast majority of them have this kind of system. Why did you adopt it? Why is it so strict that's what I'm getting at, because some role-playing games are very loosey-goosey with, with their action economy, but Guildmaster Couture to Subtotal
1: has a very, very strict one. Why have you adopted mm. that? Um, I think it's just for the simplicity of uh, of of the system. Mm. So the enemies have the same thing too. The enemies move and attack. Um, there are a few exceptions. I don't like. I don't want to say too much about the late game, but. Um, I don't know how far you've actually played it, but uh, there are a few exceptions with later enemies who are a bit more overpowered. But generally, every every character has a movement and an action because it's it's just it's I guess purer that way is the best way I can put it. Like, so you don't have to think too much of like, oh, what what, what about my extra actions and this and that and like the you know the reactions and stuff. And there's also no cover system because I find like as much as I like XCOM, the new XCOM, I found the cover system kind of overwhelmed the mechanics. Like it's all about the cover. So it's just, it's. So I, I just wanted to keep it simple. Like, although simple in terms of like, as you called it, the action economy, but the actual actions you can take, I think are quite varied. And there's a lot of, uh, variety in the approaches you can take with what actions you choose. And positioning is very important as well, even though there's no cover system. Um, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, it does. Okay.
1: The the magic
0: phrase you've used there, and I'm really happy I teased it out of you, is the variety (laughs) of actions you can do. Right. That is why you have this economy in place, because Hmm. you have to really think hard about what you can do, because we didn't really go into it, but there's two stats principally. Well, two measured, the variable stats that decrease as the action goes on. There's energy and there's health. Now, health is decreased as you Hmm. take damage typically uh, and then the energy decreases as you do certain special actions whether it's casting mm-hmm. spells or doing a special attack and you know that then determines what kind of variety of actions you can do so from the outset from the beginning you you have the full gamut of your equipment and your abilities which are in many ways quite formidable uh um, but in other cases they they're not so and well sort of later on in the engagement you're running out of energy, some people are running mm-hmm. out of health, and you're having to really sort of outthink and there's still still three enemies left and It's like, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to cope with this I mean um uh, for me, I always do the folk I do what I call the superstar destroyer damn um, strategy superstar destroyer <laughs> strategy is taken from the term of the Jedi. Where Admiral Ackbar says concentrate your firepower on the super star destroyer. Right, and so that's what I do with. I did it the other night when we were playing D and D, uh, and you know online because that's what we have to do these days at the moment. And I actually said, you know, someone said, "Oh, well, which one? Which one's um, which one's hurt? Well, it's just, there's this little goblin over here, but we've got this big end. Okay, we just focus mm-hmm. we, we, we superstar destroy that and the DM just, yeah. just couldn't stop laughing. So yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's now vote, Chris. Yeah. yeah, we we're going to superstar destroy <laughs> that end. We, and basically concentrate all your firepower on that. And it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. You know, it depends right. on the situation. Well, it,
1: it depends because sometimes yeah. it's just a bullet sponge right yep. and it doesn't actually have a lot of damage output so yeah. targeting uh, taking out this few smaller enemies that can do a lot of damage yep. can be more important like that would be the equivalent of taking out the bombers yep. rather than the aircraft carrier kind yeah, of yeah. thing yeah
0: absolutely and I, it, it, it it work it depends on the situation and the engagement like, Exactly. you do want to take out the casters that's the other thing you know right. when, when i'm running a game and i go oh I've got a caster uh, npc i'm going to open this engagement by the way take it out that's my, that's mm-hmm. my only tip to you right now. Anyway, <laughs> who's next up? You know the Rolf Initiative, I think. But yeah, take out the casters, otherwise I will murderize you. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I won't. The caster will. I am just a DM. I'm, I am. What do I know?
1: It's what not my fault. It's not yeah. me
0: who killed you. It's the wizard. <laughs> um, so, anyway, last question. I know all good things must come to an end, but here we are. The presentation of Guildmaster Gauthier's subtitle is very retro. To the point of it feeling or looking like a late 1980s game, uh, I, the major difference being it's actually fun to play. Oh, <laughs> oh, You've Yeah, you I went a there. few people with that. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. oh, there they go. Bye. Shots fired. Shots yeah. fired. <laughs> uh, it's not fair. There's been there was lots of really good games back then, but some of them were, yeah, you know, some of them were just incomprehensible gibberish. Um, yet the so, but we've spoken about the, the text of the game and in the the adventure, then there's lots of really, really funny out. I don't want to repeat what's been said. We've already hinted Mm. at one exchange. It's really, really funny stuff. Uh, it's very irreverent and self-aware. Was this presentation and this delivery of dialogue, was it a core concept from the, of the, of, um, Guildmaster Cajuritas subtitle? Was that always a core concept of the
1: game from the outset, from its design? It's funny you ask that because actually, no. Like, originally, I was very focused just on let's make a really good tactical game. Mm-hmm. And the story was kind of always an afterthought because I'm not a good storyteller, honestly. Like, I'm not a great, st- I'm an okay storyteller, I guess, um, as you can tell by the way of responded to questions on this podcast but <laughs> <laughs> um i'm getting off on a no, side track. Right. anyway so no the question yeah so um it wasn't it wasn't at all a part of it and it was part i struggled with because when i when you start with the mechanics and the story is just an afterthought that's what the story feels like an afterthought and i wrote a whole story about it and it had all the trappings of uh you know the standard fantasy story like there's elemental creatures coming to destroy the world and we must you know banish them and save the world and it's like well this is boring we've heard this a 100 times before and it's been presented a lot better so i realized i needed something different so that's where i turned to my friend and former collaborator pack billy uh who i mentioned before who also did work on uh shitty quest with me um which I actually wrote most of but he kind of added his voice and some tweaks to the humor to sharpen it up a bit. Um and I think he, as we worked together on that to make the to to turn it around into like like a satire into a kind of a more irreverent game it really added the cheese to the omelet, you know? It was quite bland before. And it was it was still a good game, but it didn't have that spice that made it really Pop, I guess. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it is kind of it is something that came late in development, but I think that it really is something that turns it from an okay game into a good game. If I if I dare say so myself, you know. No, you're right to say. Otherwise, I'm trying to be too, I'm trying to be humble, but I'm not good at it. No, so, it's yeah. It's, yeah it's <laughs> terrible. Um, but uh,
0: it's I think it's a right move because you could have yeah. you could have gone you know, completely straight down the line Mm -hmm. oh look another and it would have got lost in a great swathe of of of, uh, uh, action RPGs or sorry tactical action RPGs and it's like nah nah let's, let's let's go a bit nuts Let's yeah just go. Let's just laugh. Yeah. Let's at have some it. fun with it to the point yeah. where you're almost, but never quite, laughing at the player as well. Like, right, you're getting suckered into this, aren't you? Yeah. So there you. I mean, why are you? What's the point? What about the kobolds? What's about their point of view? <laughs> well, what you know, yeah. where are they Right. What's their view? You know, I mean, yeah. what is it with with paladins and burning kobolds? What is it about that? You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's wonderful. it's... it. It needs to be said more. But, uh, right. no, and also the visuals. Why, why did you go with that? Why did you make it? You could have expanded it and made it more, but you just went full
1: on 1980s. So, well, why did you do that? Um, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't an entirely conscious thing. I kind of mm. just started with, um, with some character designs. Actually, the characters, the characters were originally designed by an artist that I work with, um, and he, because uh, because originally I had a very an even more simple idea. It looked more eight bit, right? The original mock-ups of the game looked kind of eight bit. And then this artist uh, friend of mine, he he offered uh, his name is ADO, and he he offered to create the the character art for the game. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because I'm not I, I'm I'm decent at pixel art, but I'm not great at characters. People are the hardest things to draw. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. And he he, he offered to do that. So then I was like, okay. That was uh, and and that kind of shifted the art style a bit into something uh, a little more detailed, but still that kind of pixel art thing. And I, I think I just drew something that I like to look at. Really, like that's just it's, it's as simple as it simple answer as it is. That's just like okay. Nice. I, I love I love that style. I love, love that retro style. I love pixel art. I'm obsessed with it. Um, nice.
0: No, I just, and it's it's really yeah. the
1: the contrast of colors is fantastic.
0: Mm. I mean, you've really, yeah, I like. Palette, I like it going used... to be colourful. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it's not quite, um, you know Sega Blue Sky, but then again, do we have to do all that all the time? Right,
1: and I think the 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 visuals are not like you wouldn't get the impression the game has a sense of humour necessarily from the visuals. That's one thing. Is is so? There's a lot of games that are humorous games, which you can tell they're humorous games just by looking at them. Like the present, like it's kind of cartoony, and there's like. Uh, exaggerated movements and animations and stuff but i think that helps the juxtaposition of the straightforward visuals with the irreverent story that kind of contrast helps make the the humor sort of pop more
0: absolutely and even the opening tutorial is just
1: oh boy things right. happen Everyone. Yeah, don't skip the tutorial. There's some there's don't some good stuff in Don't skip
0: the there. tutorial because it's just it really. If you want to know the the tone of yeah. uh, Guildmaster Couture to subtitle, then yeah. if you
1: haven't figured it out by the title, you will figure it out yeah. in the tutorial. but
0: Yeah, because it.
1: it I mean, you, yeah, yeah. You can skip the tutorial, but that's more there for people who want to replay the game like yeah. a second time. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because when when you take a hero on a quest, like you can choose from a roster. So when you've taken them on a quest, you get a particular dialogue sequence afterwards, depending on who you take. So if you play it through again, you can take a different character on each adventure and you will get a different, uh, different set of dialogue. So it adds some potential replay value. Nice. There.
0: Yeah. Well, Guildmaster, good you to subtitle, uh, developed and published by Jim Makes Games. Now, at this point, I would normally ask the developer where they get the name from. <laughs> you don't really need to do it at this point because it's yeah, self-explanatory. It's, it is, yeah. Know. Jim, well, it, we're talking to you. He makes games.
1: Yeah, well, it actually, it, it's it did kind of evolve out of my YouTube channel, which I started in 2011. You know, right. which also was very simply named Jim Plays Games because <laughs> you know I I'm not great at coming up with names. Like it took me years to come up with Guildmaster. You know. <laughs> Like no, and then add on the great... to subtitle at the end. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I keep on wanting to call it gratuitous to Space Battle because that's a real game.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: I, I think I'm alright. I think I managed to do it, but I'm, mm. I might have done. I have to check the edit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good game. It's, yeah. Thank you. Fact, I mean, it's simple. Oh, so to, you, mean, you both, mean gratuitous? Yeah, yeah, yeah both. Yeah, they both got the word gratuitous. Yeah. So look at word gratuitous. I've it. played the,
1: the Space Battles game. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool game. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they called it that, like, I'll just call it yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I don't but know. it is
1: gratuitous. There's, there's so yeah. many ships and so many explosions.
0: <laughs> it's just absurd. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's out now on Windows, PC, and Linux. Is that right? Uh, yes, Windows and Linux. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, Jim, it's been wonderful having you on the show. It's been wonderful being here. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being so honest and open about the creation of what is a very funny and very entertaining game, which is, of course, Guildmaster Couture's subtitle. And um, you're more than welcome to come back to chat about whatever next game you've got in your head, which is no doubt... I'd love to. I'm ...sloshing about in there. But There's until so many. then, Yeah, until then. <laughs> Too thanks. many. Too many. <laughs> To them, thank you very, very much. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Canaan and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash canaan for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, caneandrinse.com.